We're going to talk about choices today. Uh, this dropped in my spirit uh, probably, a, I think, in the second storm's uh, message. And I felt like, is this it, Lord? Because usually when I get a direction in a message, it's one word. And if you haven't noticed, I try to limit myself to one-word titles. Um, so, with that, the, the word choices and choice, and, and as we, we've gone through the storm series, we see um, how Jonah, you know, made a choice, and then uh, all that stuff. So, but Pastor Chad said something in, in the second week that it, it was in the upper 90 percentile, that most of the storms in our life are because of the choices we've made, the decisions we've made, almost self-induced, if you will. So, we're going to delve into that today. Um, sometimes I get overwhelmed. Uh, anybody with me on that? When you have too many choices in front of you, I, I tend to curl up into a little ball and, and suck my thumb and cr- put my blankie on, and uh, I don't want to deal with it. But uh, that's not very manly, is it? So anyway, that's what I do as far as like in the, in the setting of like the honeydew list or you know, whatever, cleaning the house or whatever. It's just like, you had two kids and they're, you know, they could be messing up the place or whatever. Just, they're, they're getting to the age where they're cleaning up after themselves. But it's just like, for the longest time, I could get overwhelmed and just like, I'm not doing nothing, you know. You don't really say that, but you just, that's your actions. Um, even when I'm at a restaurant and the menu and there's 800 choices, I like simple. I like little choices, whatever, so... Um, usually I have everybody else around the table. They come, you guys ready for your, take your order? I'm like, everybody else start first. And by the time, I got five choices in my head rolling around. By the time they get around, I usually end up with the first one I chose. So that's always my, my go-to, my first choice. And then Pastor Chad gets me into fly fishing a few years back. That is very overwhelming. I remember the first time I walked into a fly shop, there's hundreds and hundreds of flies in these little boxes and I'm like, I'm supposed to pick something? Like, what the heck? So, but yeah, that's just another world of uh, overwhelming to me. I, I kind of have it. I know what I'm doing a little bit now, but we'll see. Now I just have to be able to fish. Um, anyways, so we've been making choices since the Garden of Eden, right? Heaven and Eve, we know they made a choice. That choice was based on a lie, right? Because the devil came and said, if you eat this... You're going to be like God. Well, they were created in his image. They were already like God. So choices in our life, we make them probably hundreds of choices a day, starting with, do I hit the snooze or not? Do I really want to get out of this cozy bed and go to the bathroom? Um, I've done that. I've tortured myself. I, <laughs> I haven't wet the bed yet, but... It can be comfortable. So choices can be directed by fear, right? By believing lies, like we just talked about with Adam and Eve. Um, Out of obligation, because you feel guilty. Um, Fear of man. You make a choice because you're afraid of what others might think of you or how others might perceive you. Uh, Choices can be made out of insecurities. uh, Or they can be made out of... This seems right. This feels right. And uh, Joyce Meyer says, never let your feelings have a vote. And I think that's a good, that's a good one-liner. Proverbs 14, 12 says, before every person 
lies a road that seems to be right. But the end of that road is death and destruction. And that's a picture of, of following our carnal mind, our feelings, our emotions, five physical senses. You know, that probably speaks for what the vast majority of the world, they do, you know, that's culture. We do what feels right. This seems right, we're going to do this. We're going to drink this, we're going to smoke this, we're going to whatever this, because it makes me feel good, or whatever. But a lot of those roads, all those roads, it says that the one that seems right to man leads to death, right? And it might not be, it's not instant, but it's eventually going to lead you down a path away from life, okay? And today we're going to focus on making right choices. Pastor Chad's challenge to us uh, was the last week, just about knowing that God has a divine purpose for each and every one of us, and praying about that, believing that that's true, because he does. You were, I don't want to get ahead of myself, you were placed here at this time, this place, for a purpose. You, are, you have an assignment on this earth, and it, It's not that complicated. The one who made us, the one who created us, who knitted us in our mother's womb, do you think he's trying to hide it on you, your assignment? His his heart is that you walk in that because that is the, you're the only one that has that assignment. He made it especially for you and you're the only one that can do it the best. So I want to reiterate that and, and, and keep that challenge going and I'm praying about it in my own life. I, I, as I, you know, the steps of a righteous man are ordered to the Lord, the Bible says. And if we have embraced Jesus, he has made us righteous with his righteousness. His, he's placed us in right standing with God. So as you walk toward that and believe, just pray, God, reveal to me why I'm here. Reveal to me what your purpose is for my life. He's going to keep ordering your steps and ordering your steps. As you walk toward him, he's going to order your steps in the direction that he's called you to. Romans eight thirty one and 32 says, So, what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else? He wouldn't gladly and freely do for us. Like reveal to us why we were born here now. God's not going to hold anything back. He's already displayed that to us by sending Jesus. By coming as a man, taking on the sin of the world, dying on a cross, raising from the dead. He, He didn't hold anything back. So don't think he's holding anything back from you now in this life. John 15, 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. So God chose us. I remember back in the 70s. I'm old enough for that. 70s. Uh, there was the bumper sticker. It was yellow with black writing. It said, I found it. And it was talking about Jesus. 
the correct thing is he found me. And I responded to that finding. We're just going to go over a few verses here talking about how we're chosen. John 15, 19, If ye were of the world, the world would love his own, but because ye are not of the world, I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. So don't be, don't get your feathers all ruffled if people don't like you because they didn't like Jesus. You know why? Because you're chosen. We are chosen. I, I, I love that, that God chose me. Before I even got here, he chose me. 1 Peter 2.9, For you are a chosen people. Do you remember this a few minutes ago? You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. I like the middle of this. It says, as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. You know that you can choose because God, in his word, says we are ambassadors for Christ. We are representatives of Jesus on the earth. Jesus went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Doing good can be picking up a napkin on the floor at a restaurant. I don't know. But think about this. I t- the, as my kids are getting older, I got a 7 and 10, right? 7 and 10 year old kids. And I went into Leo's Coney Island uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, great place, by the way. Highly recommend. Birch Run. Um, <laughs> so if you're in the neighborhood, Jen will be glad to take it. Uh, Leo's, I took the kids in there. I said, kids, I was like, I got to tell you something. These people in here have one of the hardest jobs on earth. I was like, they have to put up with so much stuff from everybody else. I was like, we're going to go in there. And this place was packed. There was like two, two tables open. And I was like, we're going to go in there, and we are going to make somebody's day good because they're probably not feeling good. They, could, they, might, they might be fine. But we're going we're gonna to take an opportunity. We're going to show appreciation, all this stuff. So life lesson, you know, take, take advantage of that moment. And I said, uh, whoever waits on us, I don't care if they're crabby. I don't care if they're mean, whatever. We're going to treat them like they're the greatest people ever. And we went in there, um, sat down. It was nuts. We didn't, you know, it was very, very busy. I got the same waitress I got the first time I went there. Very melancholy gal. Very, you know, kind of like, she's had the scowl on her face. And, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I asked the question last time. I said, hey, are you, are you doing okay? And uh, the first time I saw her and and she's like, yeah. And she just had, you know, all these hours she was working in these shifts and being up at dark 30 and closing out and all this stuff. So I was like, yeah. I was like, you'll make it. Hang in there. You can get through this weekend or whatever. So I had the same lady. And I was like, she, I saw the same look. Maybe that's just her look. But I saw the same look on her face, and, and she came by. And I said, so how are you doing today? And she goes, oh, so busy. And uh, I said, Every, I, I just want you to know something. I was like, kids? This is the best waitress in this whole place right here. And she goes, you're the only one that thinks that. I'm like, I was like, she goes, everybody is just being a jerk tonight. And uh, I'm like, you know what? 
you are the best waitress in this place, and you are not going to get that experience here. So before I even went in, I chose. How many knows that you, your attitude is a choice? And there's something called making advanced decisions, right? It's much easier to decide what you're going to do in a situation, if you can, before you get in that situation. Whether it's eating too much, like today, um, or whatever. But it's, it's much easier to make the decision before you get into a situation. So, and I heard, I, I'm stealing this idea of uh, a minister. I, I consider him one of my mentors, but he said, before you even walk into a place, forgive everybody in there before you walk into it. You have no idea what you're going to walk into. And I thought, man, that'd be great just to think, choose to forgive as you walk into your own house. Because the closer the relationship, the easier it is to be offended. Am I right? I'm really taking a long time in this story. Um, crowd dissipated. She was so chipper by the end of the night and uh, just sweet. And my wife came in, talked a little bit. and uh, But yeah, so think about that. When you go into a place, you can choose your attitude. Ephesians 1.4. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love. Do you know that when you embrace Jesus, isn't that beautiful that God sees you holy? Holy means set apart for God. We're separated unto God and without blame. Why are we without blame? Because Jesus took the blame. Isn't that good news? He took our blame. He took our sin and gave us his righteousness. And I can't get over how awesome that is. 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 28. Look carefully at your call, brothers and sisters. By human standards, not many of you are deemed to be wise. Not many are considered powerful. Not many of you come from royalty, right? But celebrate this. God selected, chose, the world's foolish to bring to shame upon those who think they are wise. Likewise, he selected the world's weak to bring disgrace upon those who think they are strong. God selected the common and the cast-off, whatever lacks status, so he could invalidate the claims of those who think those things are significant. That's me. That's a lot of us. Foolish things that confound the wise. And if we read through the scriptures, we see in the Bible... Holy moly, there's a lot of examples. What men would deem unworthy. I mean, just take David, for instance. Thought he was just this punk kid shooting his mouth off. But look what God chose. And God ended up calling him, I mean, seeing him as a man after his own heart. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through the sanctifying work of the Spirit that sets you apart. For God's purpose. God has a purpose for us. And by your faith in the truth of God's word that leads you to spiritual maturity. At 2 Thessalonians 2.13. Romans 12.2 and the Phillips translation says, Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. But let God remold your minds from within. So that you may prove in practice that the plan of God for you is good, meets all his demands, 
and moves toward the goal of true maturity. That's a paraphrased scripture, but that is so good. Don't be conformed to the way the world is doing things. Don't put yourself into, the, into culture's mold because you're gonna, it's going to reap a death. They're going, the culture's going the wrong way. I'm going to read out of the message translation in Psalm 65, 2 through 8. It says, We all arrive at your doorstep sooner or later, loaded with guilt. Our sin's too much for us. But you get rid of them once and for all. Blessed are the chosen. You are blessed. Blessed the guest at your home in your place. We expect our fill of good things in your house. Your heavenly, I'm saying this right, man's, M-A-N-S-E. I had to look it up. It's a large and impressive house. All your salvation wonders are on display in your trophy room. Earth tamer, ocean pourer, mountain maker, hill dresser, muzzler of sea storm and wave crash, of mobs and noisy riot. Far and wide they'll come to a stop. They'll stare in awe, in wonder, dawn and dusk, take turns calling, come and worship. We are blessed. We are chosen. We are highly favored people. God has chosen us. I'm trying to nail that home. That's foundational. We need to choose life. That's a daily choice. We have life in us. When we have chosen Jesus, we have chosen life. And we know our choosing the right way that seems right leads to death. We know that the scripture we've heard so many times, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. What's spiritually minded? What God's word says. What God's word says about us. How he thinks about us. What he declares over us. That's life. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by complete reliance on him. We walk with complete reliance on the truth in his word, that believing that the truth overrides maybe facts in our life, stuff that we don't like the way it looks. That's the way, as believers in Christ, we are to walk, regardless of uh, circumstances, regardless of emotion and feeling. We are called to walk a life of faith, which is just simple, total, unabandoned trust in him, in Jesus. And, I mean, in my life, I'm just, the, the, the more I go along in my journey with Jesus, the more determined I am to choose to obey his word no matter what over anything. How many notice if you do things God's way, you get God's results? As you magnify the truth in your life, you're going to see God at work in your life. There's a beauty in choosing life. There's a beauty in choosing God's way over your way, over the world's way, over your feelings, over your emotions. And I, I can't tell you any other way 
but just choose. I've learned over the last 10 months or so, it's so weird how easy a choice is to make. And it's not about making one grand choice. I've learned small choices can lead to huge things. Just a natural, a natural thing would be just like I've been on a journey I, 10 months ago. I thought, I'm gonna, I want to live healthy. I want to live fit for the rest of my life. Like this, I'm 46, whatever. Um, it, did, it all didn't come out like that. But I, I, didn't, I didn't think I got to lose that much weight. And uh, no, I just chose made all these little tiny, teeny choices. And I look back, I'm thinking, that's interesting. I didn't even feel like I made any choices, really. But I just, every day, I've heard somebody say once, inconsistency lies the power. And other little one-liners, you know, successful people do every day what ordinary people do occasionally. Okay, if I keep doing this, make this right choice every day or consistently, then I'm going to see those results. And I'm, I've seen those results, and it just, it starts to, it started to impact my life, little things. But don't get overwhelmed with gigantic, huge choices. If you want to make a change, if you want to see a change, make a change. Just do something one thing different every day. I, that's so generalized, I'm speaking right now in generalities. But if you want to make a change in your life, just choose to do something different every day. Whatever it is, I don't know. But I'm learning that it's so ridiculously easy. And it's like, I don't know, it's, I feel so immature for not realizing that or something. It's like, huh? Maybe I'm going to get ahead of myself by saying this, but God's nature, we, we learned this actually in, in Karis groups. We have the nature of Jesus in us. His nature is the fruit of the Spirit. We see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's, that's God's nature in us. The fruit of the Spirit, it's called. And I asked myself the other day, I thought, is the fruit of the Spirit, self-control, in me weaker than my desire for whatever, name of food, I don't know. It, is self-control in me, the, the fruit of self-control in me, weaker than whatever I'm tempted with, whatever I'm whatever, seem to be prone to in my flesh? Is it weaker than that? No, it's not. Is joy weaker than the, I'll just say it, crap all around me? The stuff that goes on all around me, all the circumstances, all the junk. Is joy in me weaker than that? Am I supposed to rise above that with the nature of God inside of me? Is, my, is kindness in me weaker than somebody's bad attitude toward me? No. All of these things, and it, it's, this has just become reality to me recently. It's like I started looking at all this and thinking, wait a minute, and realizing like we, we learned this not a while ago in another Karis group that we're three-part beings, spirit, soul, and body. 
And our spirit is supposed to be leading the soul and the body. It's supposed to be the one in charge. And I'm, it's like I'm just starting to get that. Like, no way is this body going to tell me what to do. The spirit man, the man where the Holy Spirit of the living God resides, who raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in my spirit. It's laughable to think my body is going to tell me what to do. The body makes a horrible master, but an awesome slave. Money makes a horrible master, but an awesome slave. Paul said he buffeted his body, you know, he beat it into submission. I'm not sure. Well, you know, that could mean a lot of things. But I'm starting to get it like, no, the spirit man's in charge here. I don't have to let my soul go crazy with my emotions and my feelings and my whatever and whatever I want to say, I can say. And then, No. The spirit is, is the doorkeeper. Get that. Joshua 24, 15. Really, I didn't think I'd get off on all these little rabbit trails. Sorry. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's, what we, that's, that's the scripture I think of when I hear, think choose life. I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. In Deuteronomy 30, 19, this is where Moses had the children of Israel out. He's like, this is the death side, the curse side. This is the life side. If you're confused, choose life. And in our day and age, we... Jesus is life. Jesus even said it. John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is life. And I am, we are, you can choose to be, a disciple of Jesus. What's disciple mean? A student, a pupil. That means we are students of truth. We are students of real Life. That's the way I started thinking. I heard somebody say that the other day. I'm like, that's so good. I'm a, I'm a disciple. I'm a pupil of real life. I'm a pupil. I'm a student of truth. But the thing is, we must choose to be teachable. Teachable. That's something as a teenager, I was the opposite, even well into my 20s probably. I was not always teachable. And boy, did I pay for it. I mean, I've gotten into some knockdown drag outs with people. Fired, rehired in five minutes. I mean, it was just awful because it wasn't teachable. But we can choose to be teachable. John 6, 66, 63 says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. So the words of Jesus are life. Every day, like I said, every day we must choose life. We must choose Jesus. Our feelings, our emotions, and our flesh don't want to choose that. That's, but we can train. We can train those things. Like I said, spirit man first. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus said that. You think if Jesus, anytime 
we're given instruction by Jesus, do you think that he's like, good luck with that. This is really going to work out for you if you try hard enough. No, he empowers us by grace. Grace is unmerited favor, and it's also a supernatural empowerment or ability to carry out what he's saying. Grace, there's a definition that says, it's the influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. Grace can be, is, can be an influence on our heart so it's reflected in our life. Grace is an empowerment to live victoriously in this life. So if God said it, he's going to back it up. If he's given us instruction, if he's given us teaching, choose this. I'll back you up on it. Choose not to let your heart be troubled. Choose not to be afraid. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry. Wasn't that easy? Don't worry. Is that easy? Do people think that this is their job to worry? I've heard, well, if I don't worry, who else will? I got to worry. They're not doing anything about it. They don't care about their kids. I have to worry about them. What's that doing? It's hurting you. Instead, pray about everything. You can just, you know, prayer is just conversation with God, right? And it's not just a monologue, it's a dialogue. He talks to us too. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So, being afraid is a choice. Being worried is a choice. Being anxious is a choice. You may think I'm full of it, but I'm with the Bible on this one. Philippians 4.4, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Habakkuk 3.17, I think Pastor Chad read this uh, a couple weeks ago, and it, so I had it on my iPhone. I'm like, that was awesome. So I picked a different translation of this. Though the cherry trees don't blossom and the strawberries don't ripen, though the apples are worm-eaten and the wheat fields stunted, though the sheep pens are sheepless and the cattle barns empty, sounds like a children's book, I'm singing joyful praise to God. I'm turning cartwheels of joy to my Savior God, counting on God's rule to prevail. I take heart and gain strength. I run like a deer. I feel like I'm king of the mountain. So the moral of that is rejoice when everything sucks to the max. Right? That's the way I saw that. When everything just looks like it's just, I can't get any worse. What else can you do? Thank you, Jesus. You're still on the throne. I'm seated with you. Holy Spirit hasn't left me. You haven't left me. Your nature is still inside of me. We're going to get through this. Romans 12, 2. This is how you defeat the negative thinking concerning the previous uh, seemingly impossible to do verses I just read. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. As a man goes, or as the mind goes, the man follows. That's a Joyce Meyerism. But 
That's the whole thing. It's, we talk about that nonstop. Pastor Chad mentioned it earlier in the, in the morning about an unrenewed mind. And that's the whole thing. It's, if I had to say it, I mean, just because I say it doesn't mean it's whatever. But this is the pinnacle verse in the New Testament. Like, this is, if it's not, it's in like the top five. But you have, like, we have to get this. If our mind is not renewed to God's way of thinking, our life will not reveal the glory of God. If our life is just, if our mind is just whatever culture is pouring in, and Facebook and Twitter and just the drama and all that stuff, it just, it's going to suck the life out of you. But a renewed mind to the Word of God, a renewed mind to the truth of God's Word will reveal the glory of God in your life. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Think of, you know, how do I do that? I don't have time. I got this, that, and the other. And I heard somebody talking the other day about kind of breaking down people drive X amount of time in a year or whatever it is, spend 36 hours in their car or something. That's just daily commutes or I'm sure it varies with people's jobs and whatever, but I've been trying to think of those things in my life. Like, how can I choose, make a little different choice here to get this result? Okay, I'm in my car for 12 minutes. I got CDs. I got the Bible on CD. Throw it in there. I mean, I could probably listen to the Bible in, like, I don't know, a year, a couple times a year. I don't know. But I don't have that long of a community. And I, I usually start a book and don't finish the book. Anybody have that problem? I got like 10 books going, I think. And, um, but I thought, hmm, I got a half-hour lunch. I could probably eat in 10 minutes. But I could read 20 minutes. And I started thinking, I could read a page in about a minute, 20 pages a day. I did the math. I'm like, oh, I could read two books a month if I, if I really chose to do this. Take inventory of your life. That's just so practical, whatever. But is there something, do you want to, the pain, the pain of discipline weighs ounces. And the pain of regret weighs tons. And that's something that I heard that somebody say that, and I uh, just caught on to that. And I'm like, man, I'm so glad I chose to do this or whatever, and look back and think, man, I'm glad I chose to do that. And of course, there's plenty of regrets that I, you know, that weigh a ton, but... It's time to choose and realize that you can make a choice. Um, we're coming in for a landing. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Adopt the mindset of Jesus, the anointed. Live with his attitude in your hearts. Remember, though he was in the form of God, he chose not to cling to equality with God. But he poured himself out to fill a vessel brand new. A servant in forms and man indeed, the very likeness of humanity. He humbled himself, obedient to death, a merciless death on the cross. So God raised him up to the highest place and gave him the name above all. So when his name is called, every knee will bow in heaven, on earth, and below, and every tongue will confess Jesus, the anointed one, is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. God humbled himself. Do you realize that? He emptied himself of all the deity, all his deity, and became us. 
I just, that's an overwhelming thought. But take this attitude. I, I heard this from another, <clears throat> I'll say mentor in my life. Choose to, this is a choice. Expect nothing from anyone in your life ever. Nothing. But be grateful for everything. I don't have this down yet, but I've heard this years and years ago, and I thought, you know what? And the closer, again, the closer the relationship, the higher the expectation on that person. You expect your spouse to just walk the line. And then people further out, you can care less what they do. You don't even, yeah, you ain't going to do that. You know? Don't Lower your expectation to zero on people in your life. But be grateful for everything. We have to realize, I know we're in the age of entitlement maybe, but no one owes us anything. Not a single stinking thing. Nobody owes me anything. Everything I have is because God loves me. God is good. It's God's grace in us. The last, this is, this is a quote by a guy named Viktor Frankl. The last of the human freedoms is to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. We have the choice. This guy was, I think, in a, he was in a, he's a Jew, and I think he was in some camps or something, but he chose if anybody can choose. And I know there's a lot of stories like that, but this, this is an attitude of love to take that attitude of Jesus. And the revelation that God has chosen me simply, simply makes me want to do things his way. He has chosen me. Second Timothy 3.16 through 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. God's word is a great handbook. Be ready for correction. Be ready for instruction. Be ready for victory as you give yourself to that. And just like Mary said when the angel of the Lord came to her and let her know, hey, Savior's coming. Hard to grasp, but... We need to have that heart of Mary. Be it unto me according to your word. Even though it looks crazy, what you say, be it unto me according to your word. Whatever God's construct, or instructed us to do in his word, he empowers us to carry out, like I said earlier. And don't forget, God chose us right here for right now. He has a purpose for you. I want... I know I've gone longish, maybe. Um, don't worry, there's food waiting. Uh, but if we could just take a minute and um, listen to something a woman chose, a little testimony. Mom, do you have a come on down situation? I'm going to have my mom share something uh, with us that's really uh, encouraging. And um, just be, be encouraged in this. February the 10th um, in 2012, uh, I brought my daughter to the hospital. Um, she had a, a serious issue, which they were ignoring her doctors. And um, 
she, we rushed her to the hospital and they told me that she wouldn't live through the night, that her body was already ice cold and um, her heart was barely beating. And they tried to do emergency dialysis and uh, to save her life and they couldn't do it. Her veins were collapsing. Uh, so anyway, I got in that ICU room when they, everybody left the room that was just Becky and I got up and I chose to dance before the Lord and praise him. And my daughter's right over there. <laughs> And God's still working on her. The story that Tom was referring to was I was up one night late, and I was sitting at our doing dishes, and my daughter was on the other side of the island waiting for me to finish so I could get her ready for bed. And I was meditating on the word, um, Isaiah 41, you know, and where Tom was talking about fear. If you're not, there's nothing to fear, for I am with you. Don't look around you in terror and be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you and harden your difficulties. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand of brightness and justice. And it goes on. I won't go on with it for time's sake, but I was just meditating on that in Isaiah 53, 4 through 5, and, and uh, you know, Proverbs um, 4, 20 through 22. You know, that word is life and health to us. Romans 8, 6, the word it, it, to be carnally minded is death, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And so I started thinking about that. The word is alive. It's full of power. It's active. It's operative. It's energized. It's effective. The word is spirit. The word is life. And I said, God, I choose your word I choose your word. Becky sat there. I said, God, I choose to believe she has ears to hear, that she has eyes to see. I choose your word. The testimony that I have of your word is stronger than anything I see. I choose your word. And I kept saying that, God, I choose to believe your word over what I see, over what's screaming at me, over what I hear. I choose your word. And my daughter looked up. She couldn't hear me. And she looked up at me and she said, guaranteed results. Now, if any of you know my daughter, she would not know what those words are. And she repeated it again and again. And I walked over to her and I said, what did you say? And she said, guaranteed results. And I knew God was speaking to me in an audible voice through my daughter that when I choose his word, when any of us, wasn't Christine, God was speaking that to me alone, is saying, you know, you choose my word, my word's guaranteed results. And she continued to say that. When I ask her, I'll say, Becky, what did God say to you? She'll tell me today. I'll say, what did God tell you? She says, guaranteed results. And the Holy Spirit laid in my heart, and he said, look it up. And I thought, I know what, I know what that means. But he spoke it to my heart, so I looked it up. And it said, a promise in writing that something will be fulfilled. God's word is in writing. And that comes to my mind almost every day, sometimes all day. I'll think about that when the storms seem strong. God said to me, Christine, guaranteed results. Keep your focus on the word. You know, that is a stronger testimony. When something rises up, I say, devil, I got a better testimony than that. And it's the word of God. That floored me. And uh, she called me this morning and she asked me what, you know, she knew the topic. And I was like, that's absolutely perfect. You chose truth over the circumstances and that's that's what it's all about and again it's a journey so just so you know just to remember remind you god chose you god has chosen you for his good pleasure that's why we're here it pleases god to see you don't let that go that needs to be the foundation the choices that we make in our life 
should not come out of fear or intimidation or fear of man. We should be courageous and bold, believing that what he says about us is greater than what other people say about us or what we maybe have thought in our mind. That should be the motivation for the choices we make. He's just so good. So I hope this blessed you. Realize that you have choices. You can choose attitudes, everything, but choose life. Choose Jesus every day. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.